Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning and welcome to the Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for January 4th, 2016. I'd like to say Happy New Year to everybody. I hope uh, everybody had a great uh, transition into the new year. Uh, Looks like China has uh, given us a nice little gift this morning of a 7% sell-off in their markets. And of course, we're we're down about 2% in our futures uh, coming into the open on the first day of the year. So it should make for for a very interesting start to the year. We'll see how things go. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're looking at it, uh, or you're uh, listening via podcast, come on over to our website at uh, lockingyoursuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, inyoursuccess.com. And join our mailing list and get your free report, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader, and sign up for this free weekly webinar. Also, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have the Super Simple Spread Trades. We have the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and APM Squared. Also, we have the uh, the Master Series, which I do not have on my slide yet, but uh, that'll be on there shortly. Uh, also, make sure, uh, if you come over to our website, check out our community forum, and make sure you join the community so you get up to, stay up to date with all the latest information and interact with other traders. In this update, we're going to cover the bearish butterfly, the M3, the rock, uh, and the V Condor, which are various systems, uh, trades from various systems that we, we put out. It's not all of them by any means, but it is, uh, it's a good sampling of them. Uh, as far as for announcements this week, just a reminder, we have extended our discounts to the Triading Triangle live in Hawaii until January 15th. So if you're going to register for that, I suggest that you go ahead and do that before the 15th so that you can take advantage of the reduced pricing and make sure that you get in. Also, we're having an interview with uh, Brady Dahl, who's the author of Momo Traders, Tips, Tricks, and Strategies from 10 Top Traders. He actually, the book actually covers these strategies from day traders However, there is a lot of psychology in there. Uh, when you talk about somebody who's extremely successful in trading, that's going to apply directly to income trading and the type of trading that we do. And there's also a lot of insight there on how the markets move and the manipulation that goes on behind the markets and you know how these guys actually, uh, back in the day, 
actually did that, some of that manipulation themselves. It's really, really interesting, uh, really interesting uh, stories in there. So strongly suggest you pick up a copy of that. It's available on Amazon.com. Also, Brady Dahl, too, he's a, he's a writer for Four Seasons of the, of the uh, Son of Anarchy on FX, too. So he's a, he's a pretty high-profile guy. So definitely worth watching. I do not have the date. What's the date, Sherry, for that? Um, yeah. If you can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't get my headset uh, fixed up today. But um, the Brady Doll interview is going to be on Wednesday the 13th at 9 p.m. Okay. So Wednesday the 13th at 9 p.m. for premium uh, premium members of the site. So uh, And it's going to be released uh, after that as well. Okay. So uh, successful trader of the month. Uh, this month for January 2016, it's going to be Kevin Lee. We've scheduled that interview for January 27th at 9 a.m. He's uh, been you know, a great help in the community. He's been a great help with this option view thing. And he's also a very, uh, very good trader. Trades a lot of our strategies among some other things. So it should be a very interesting talk there. So lots of things happening in January, and uh, hopefully you'll take advantage of them. Let's take a look at the markets. Uh, as far as it goes, last week I was saying that really none of the indices had any real direction, which usually results in just chopping around, kind of unpredictable directional movement. That's pretty much what happened. We went a little bit higher. We reversed. We went lower. Really didn't lead to anything significant in the charts. We're just kind of still in the middle of this range. And as long as we stay this in this area or we don't... Um, break any important technical levels, then my opinion is pretty much the same. It's just it's just more chopping around. Now this is a really wide range, so you have to watch your trades a little bit because the actual technical range where there's a technical issue is wider than where we're probably going to have a risk issue in the trades. So it makes it a little bit more challenging for us to um, to manage. Uh, you know, we get moved up and down a little bit. But uh, you know nothing too serious here. Uh, and it, until we get some sort of a technical indicator, as far as you know, absolute longer-term direction, we, we don't know yet. Uh, this morning, we're getting a uh, sell-off, looks like, uh, in the indexes of uh, about 2%, which in the Russell is going to bring us down, what, 22 points from here, which is going to be right around this support level. Uh, down here at 11 at 10:05, I would imagine that this type of a sell-off would prompt a sell-off uh, in the open down into this 1100, 11:10 area. We'll have to watch where it goes from there. A further collapse, you know, 10:80 is certainly a reasonable number for us to reverse that as well. But you know, I'd expect this to come down to at least this 11:10, uh, probably reverse off of that. Uh, you know, whether it's an intraday move or an end of day move, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, how serious this is. A lot of, you know, this could just be related, be related to the fact that uh, how hard the Chinese markets dropped. It may just be a news-related thing. Uh, only time, times, time will tell us, they say. So we really don't know. But, uh, you know, I would be interested in taking on some positive delta here at the 11.05 uh, area. Uh, certainly, if we come down to the 1080, we're likely to get a fairly decent bounce in the markets. If we collapse through that, that's going to be ugly. We're going to see a, a really uh, bad market uh, meltdown. So, uh, if we collapse through that uh, significantly on all the indexes, right? So we we would want not only be looking at the Russell, but we look at the SPX and the and the NDX and the Dow to see if they're doing the same thing. Since we're talking about them, we can kind of look at this also. 
uh, you know, our concern on the SPX would be that it holds around uh, 4470, which is where our primary support levels are. Again, we may get an intraday penetration, but certainly if we get a close under that and then another close lower, next stop on the SPX is going to be this level here of about 4390 uh, to the 4350 area. If we break down to that, we're looking at 4100. So, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of downside potential here. But if we're going to stay in range, if we're going to stay in range and stay in this uh, shorter term sideways range, then the market should support itself somewhere in the 44, you know, 80, 44, 90 level, and uh, or maybe 70, and then uh, and then reverse higher on the SPX. Again, we have an easy call, uh, a, a no-brainer move down to around uh, 2020 and a more significant move down to 1990. A break of this 1990 level is, I would say, significant and likely to result in, in further sell-off. Then we have the Dow. This here, again, our primary support level here is around the 17-1 um, area. So uh, those, are, those would all be normal movements. Anything below those areas uh, are going to trigger uh, harder sell-off and, and it'll be more concerning. But as of right now, this 21 down point down move really isn't even a concern at this point. Unless we start breaking technical levels, it's just the market wiggling around. So that's my opinion on that. Again, that may change by the end of the day. It may change uh, tomorrow if we get a continued down move. But the most likely thing is to come into these more major support levels on the indices. This one on the Dow is very clear at uh, about 17.1. So that would be completely expected, and we'll have to see where we react from there. Okay, so back to the Russell. All right, and you're going to want to watch where these come in with the other indices. In other words, if you get a whole bunch of them that come into the same technical level, then you're likely to get a hard reverse. So in here, um, I would say around 1100 to 1110 is a good uh, reversal point for today. Breaking down from there, you have a 1080. Past that, uh, I don't believe there's really anything for support for quite some time. So if we go into a, oh, actually, you know, we do. We have a support level here at uh, at 1050. So we have one around 1080. We have another 30 points at 1050. We break the 1050. There's really no significant support to around 850. So let's uh, let's hope those levels hold. I, I you know I do. I'd rather see the market go sideways and crash down too hard. Although if it does crash down hard and you have some cash, that's a tremendous opportunity to start investing back in the market again. So um, I know my long we we pulled out long positions um, in the market uh, earlier in the uh, last late last year. So we'll see how this goes. All right, so that's uh, that's what we have from a technical standpoint. So it gives us something to talk about because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about with the positions because we didn't get a lot of market movement. Um, does the sell-off help the bearish butterfly strategy of the M3? I mean, generally, in very volatile markets, you're going to be better off in a bearish butterfly trade than an M3 trade. Uh, and I have to say generally because it depends on your market cycles. If you hit the very bottom what happens in the bearish markets is you get these really hard down moves and then you get these explosive up moves. So you get a lot of movement. And the best way to handle that really high volatility is to be very slow when you're adjusting. So uh, rather than being right on top of your delta numbers, 
kind of open up, let them go, and um, and uh, you know just just wait. A lot of times, wait out a move a couple of days to see if uh, see what happens. I mean, you can't do that if you're too close to expiration. But if you stay far away from expiration, then you can certainly do that um, and wait the moves out. Uh, you know, catching the very bottom of a 200 point bounce with a bearish butterfly, it's not very pleasant, right? On the other hand. You know, so what, what we do is we play the strategies on top of each other where if we know the market's been down, so for example, if we got to push down here to um, to maybe, say on the weekly chart, say we got to push down to 10.50, right? And we had a choice of entering a trade or it was time to enter a trade at that point. I'd be interested in entering a uh, an M3 trade um, for the likelihood that we're likely to get a large bounce with the from an M21 standpoint with the understanding that I'm going to convert that after a 100-point bounce to maybe a bearish butterfly type of configuration. Whereas if it came down to 1050 and bounced to 1200, which would be normal, I'd be very interested in being in the bearish butterfly uh, type of a position. So it's, it's, again, has the market been down a lot? Has the market been up a lot in the last week or so? And it will be that fast the market will be moving that fast if it ever breaks apart. You know, we don't know if it's going to do that, but you know, it's a good conversation because it may be coming. Um, but that's a good way to play those. But if I had the choice of one or the other in a very volatile market, I'd rather be in a bearish butterfly. Uh, the M3 is typically going to handle it fine, but in a very volatile market, I'd rather be in a bearish butterfly uh, than an M3 trade. And in an uptrending market, I'd rather be in an M3 trade than a bearish butterfly. So uh, that's without looking at technicals. Okay, so hopefully that helps. Let's look at where we were Monday. So we had three trades open in January. We had a January M3, a Rock, and a V Condor. This is where the January M3 sat as of Monday. So here is what we had Monday. No, no issues. Nice M3 trade. Talking a little bit about profit and loss here. We have a profit target of $5,000. $5,000 is no magic. That's not a magic number. 10% is not a magic number. The reality is um, if you get up into this range and you spend any time here, particularly for close to expiration, a reasonable purple person is going to tend to close the trade. I wouldn't necessarily do it the first day I hit that, but we were up $4,000 last week. You'll see we were up over near $5,000 on Tuesday. We we're up on Wednesday, occasionally over $5,000. We we're up on Thursday, occasionally over $5,000. Um, <clears throat> if you're not closing this trade, it's you're you're kind of foolish with that. Um, you know whether the 5:30 time hit 5,000 or not, or, or whether maybe you had some execution slippage and you weren't quite at 5,000 or whatever. That is not a magic number. If you're hovering in the 10% range right range plus or minus three percent for an extended period of time with the trade is not gaining any value um not a bad idea just to close it down so it's, it just makes common sense now that said i did not close this trade down i kept it open and the reason i kept it open is because well technically it didn't hit our number these are sample trades um i would rather go with something interesting than with something boring and just close the trade i'm not here trying to impress you saying i can hit 
a win every month. I'm here, you know, just like the bearish butterfly in December, which we had the same conversation in December. The bearish butterfly was tagging, was just tapping on its profit target like four or five times during the week. And then, you know, the market just exploded to the upside and we ended up taking a loss on it. Uh, but during that whole process, I think there was um, almost three weeks in a row that I said, I would pull this trade off, I would pull this trade off, I would pull this trade off. Same thing here. Live trading, I would pull this trade off. Um, but let's run it through. Tuesday, we had a market bounce. We were over maximum negative delta. We have $4,200 profit loss. We have a position that looks like this. This is due for an adjustment, just a minor adjustment, right? So we just did five 11.30, 11.40 verticals, right? Bring us down to minus 75 at the edge of the tent, which is normal. And I am back to variable model, by the way, here. I believe I was using EIOIO model at the time because, um, uh, because of that, which brings us down a little bit lower. But... You know, I'm in, with, I'm in within range with either model, so it doesn't really matter. So that's what we did there. I'm just going to put this back to variable for now. Um, let's see, what else did we have? So that, that was the only adjustment we have. So Wednesday, if you go through this half hour by half hour, we tagged $5,000 a couple of times. We're at 49.73 here. Uh, if we go to Thursday, you know, at 5.30, we're at 47.38. Again, if you go to half hour by half hour, there were times we were over our profit target. Um, just held the trade on. And this morning, it's going to make for interesting because we're going to be able to trade this into a volatile um, expiration cycle under the close, which is going to be um, hopefully educational for everybody. Whether we win or lose doesn't really matter. So this is the position that we are currently sitting in here. Right now, it's a really nice-looking M3 trade. If the market is reasonable and holds that 20-point uh, drop-down and volatility drops out, this actually may hit our $5,000 anyway, and, and we'll get out of it. If we get an extended sell-off today, we'll have to make adjustments, and we will uh, just deal with it. Uh, I'm not planning on doing intraday adjustments with this at this point, by the way. We're just going to let the day play itself out <clears throat> and see where it goes. So that is the January M3 trade. The January rock trade, which is virtually identical, the identical position here, if we go back to Monday, right, it's, it's almost the same position except for we're not up as much money. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have closed this trade. Uh, it's just not close enough to a profit target number this far from expiration at this point. So here is this one, very, very similar. Moving forward to Tuesday, we had the same adjustment. We did 5, 11, 30, 11, 40s which brings us to here. And then if you want to look at the T-log, here's the, it's the same it's the same adjustment and virtually the same position. Um, okay, so a question, so I never made this a rock conversion. No, I never hit uh, a rock conversion number on this. So for me here, being at the 1170 long upper strikes, I would have had to exceed 1180 at the end of the day. So that actually never happened. I never got to that point in this trade, I do not believe. So let me look at when we started this T-log. We started on 12.16. T-log, price chart. There wasn't, 
yeah, we started on 1216, which is down uh, down in here somewhere. So yeah, we never hit our 1180 number, which is where I would have to go into the uh, into into this here. So that is uh, yeah. There's no reason to turn this into a rock trade because we're not doing even doing a rock test until I'm exceeding this 1180 area, and even then I'm going to be careful about when I want to convert it over. But um, but yeah, no no transition there. Okay, so this again, even though the delta test was above minus 200, right? So if you look at the rock system rules, we do not convert an M3 into a rock trade unless the M3 is out, what we call outrun. So the I would before me to, before I even consider doing a delta test, I'm waiting for the the market to be up over 1180. Then I'll do my 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 entry test and see if I want to convert it or not. Up until then, I will run an M3 right into expiration, no matter what the delta test shows. If I do not uh, get to a point where I have to make a major up adjustment in the M3. Um, okay, so you you did with yours, yeah, um, yeah. So that may have may or may not have caused an issue um, with this down move. Yeah, it could have caused you to get into a little bit of trouble, uh, depending on how positive your delta was coming into uh, Thursday, uh, ending Thursday. Okay, so that is this here. Okay, yeah. So somebody, so yeah. So you started later, and your short strike was at um, ten sixty, right? But we still never. I don't think we exceeded eleven seventy either. Yeah, we never exceeded eleven seventy either. So so even if I my long strike was at eleven sixty. Then I'm still looking at 11.70 to uh, to do a conversion. So by the rules, I mean you know sometimes sometimes one person will convert, one person won't, depending on. Um, so there's a little bit of subjectivity in the rock system, so depending on um, you know where you started. If you started a few a little early, a little later, you may or may not have converted. Sometimes that makes a difference. Sometimes it doesn't. But uh, but but if that happens, right, you'll do that. In this trade here, there was no reason to convert it. We started by the guidelines at 11.20. Uh, short strikes and with 1170 on the longs and we never got past 1180 so there was never even a, a reason to consider uh, doing that okay uh, let's um, yes uh, are you using the most current update of option view in the presentation I uh, yes I am yeah. Okay. So this is updated to 7.83. If since Sherry um, came in with that, this is 7.83. The testing thus far we've done, or I haven't done a lot of it personally, but I have a lot of students and um, and uh, you know other traders who who have done testing, and you know, we've been working with them. And, and from what I understand. The results from comparing 764, which is the version before the fiasco, and 783, according to OptionView, they're identical models, and that's probably the case. They did have a data provider change, somebody who, uh, a change in data providers, which can have slightly different delta numbers and so forth, which can cause slightly different things. However, um, as best as we can tell, 
this is reacting very, very similar to their original model. And at this point, I am back using the variable one-day model for the traits. So this is the model that, um, that we're using going forward until, unless or until we find some sort of an issue with it that is not foreseen yet. But so far in testing, this model has been, um, has been very close to the original model. So we're just going to let that, uh, let that ride. And, uh, and we're going to be using this for now. We'll do more back testing as time goes on and take a look, make sure that everything looks fine. But as of right now, it looks like we are back to business as usual, which is a good thing. All right, so no intraday adjustments. Is that the web trades or uh, as well for real money positions, which under circumstances you would adjust intraday for non-web positions. I, w with live positions, I do not make decisions based on intraday price moves uh, as far as, um, as, far as um, adjusting intraday with a few exceptions. And I'll, I'll talk about what those exceptions are. Uh, I don't always adjust at the end of the day, and that's because uh, primarily, usually that's because of scheduling. I have something going on towards the end of the day. I'm not going to be home at the end of the day. Um, you know, we're not always sitting in front of the computer all day. So uh, I'm not always home at that time. So in certain cases, if it's noontime and things look a certain way, I know I'm going to be out for the afternoon. I don't want to, you know, get out and try and find uh, internet service or something to try and adjust it at 3.30. So I'll just come in. I'll do it at noontime. Generally, I avoid as much as possible making... Um, decisions off intraday moves, especially if we're getting a large intraday move, I usually, I usually tend to avoid it. Uh, I will have, uh, with certain positions, I will have technical points in play where I have, um, you know, I manage money for other people, I have the trade desk, I have um, uh, some other uh, money that I deal with that, uh, that other people uh, involved and we trade side by side. They have certain risk parameters that they will not exceed, in which case we have a forced intraday adjustment. But on my other positions that I trade independently by myself, I do not make uh, uh, adjustments intraday unless um, we have something like we had, remember we had the market crash down on um, I don't know, it was, uh, I think, January, uh, not to November 24th or something like that, August 24th. It was August 24th. Um, we had that real big down day. I do have a, actually, and I did a webinar after that on that where I went over the system I use to decide whether I'm going to do intraday moves. So we have a series of DEVCON levels in the market, and when I hit a certain, what we call DEVCON level, which we hit on the 24th where the market just kind of blew apart, Right, and the market's in complete panic mode, I do have um, ways to come in intraday and adjust those. I have rules set in place that allow me to do that. Um, certainly a 20-point gap down, 25-point gap down is nothing tragic in the market. It's, it's nothing that's really that abnormal. So that's not a big deal. But when we start, you know, back on the 24th, we had the S&P that had the biggest gap in history to the downside. That sets off a, um, a DEVCON 4 level trading for me, which is in my trading plan, and that allows me to uh, make intraday adjustments. But 
I make the adjustment on the bounce or it makes sense to do so. So if you go back and look at that webinar, I made the I didn't make the adjustment when the market was tr getting trashed in the morning. I made the adjustment after the market bounced and prices neutralized. Then we adjusted down and then we came in, which is basically what saved the trade, uh, so to speak. Um, I don't know when exactly that webinar was. It, I would look in the date range in the blog. I think I did it in the blog. I, I, don't, I just remember doing it. I don't remember who I did it for. I think it was before the community, so it wouldn't have been uh, members. But it would be in the blog around um, the 24th or that big day that we had in August. Either that morning I talked about it or, or maybe the following week, sometime in that time frame. So after August 24th into the first couple weeks of September uh, would have been the time frame for that. So you can search YouTube or the blog and see that. If you find out what it is and you want to send it back to me, I don't have time to search for it. But if somebody finds it and they want to send me the thing, I can send it back out to everybody. Oh, it was an 8 p.m. session. Okay, was it, Cheryl, was that on Capital Discussions or... or all right, so yeah, so that I guess that was that was for the APM that was for the APM group on capital discussions. So um, they, that does actually have limited access. So I apologize for that. But I talked about what I do with that. All right, so I need to move forward. I'm just going to I'm just quickly looking at this questions here. I'm in a rock situation now. Uh, it's going. All right, yeah. So someone's in a trade situation where they're where they're, where, where they may hit loss limits at open. Uh, generally. I mean, there's too much to talk about as far as exactly how to handle that, but generally I'm not going to uh, trade off the open. I'm going to wait at least at a minimum of 15 minutes. I usually recommend wait till 10.30, but at a very minimum, I am not going to make my decision in the first 15 minutes of the market. I'm going to wait, let the sell-off happen, and uh, wait for some sort of a bounce and then sell out of your position, which may or may not, never, may or may not ever come. But, uh, but that's the way that I handle it, as, as I wait it out a little bit. Okay, so let's see. Does the sell-off help the bearish butterfly? Okay, we already talked about all that stuff there. Okay. So let's take a look at our other trades from this point. So this is January Rock. This is where we, we close this out on the week, up 21.57, minus 19 delta. Position looks like this. Again, this is going to get hammered this morning. We will make the appropriate adjustments at the end of the day. We have a V Condor for January, which looks like this. Let me go to this trade here has had no adjustments. Uh, it doesn't look like today in particular is going to be a big problem with that, so we will uh, we'll see what happens here, but it doesn't look like we're probably going to fire off an adjustment today unless we get some sort of a real shift in the delta numbers. But that's what the V-Condor looks like. There were no adjustments to that last week. We have, that's all our January trades. We have a February bearish butterfly, which is here. And this, of course, is not going to bother this trade at all. That trade had no adjustments last week. T-log looks like that. We have a February M3, which we had uh, butterflies at 11.20. If the market stays down, this may require an adjustment today. However, the initial move doesn't look like this is going to bother this a whole lot. There were no adjustments to this trade either. Here is the T-log for that. And we have a February V-Condor, 
which also had no adjustments. There's the T log for this particular trade. And this is what we look like here. Down move isn't going to bother this either. <clears throat> so every all the, and that's all we have. We don't we haven't not gotten into a rock trade for February yet. So that is uh, literally all the positions that we have on at this point. And they all the February positions are looking really good. Actually, the January positions, uh, not so much. We'll have to see where the market goes. Uh, if the market stalls and settles, then it'll be fine. If it doesn't, then uh, then we'll have to do some things. But uh, we will let you know how that works out uh, next week. So back to questions. I have a question on whether I have uh, it, it, whether I recommend getting Option View if somebody has ID as a broker. The, the answer is yes. I recommend getting option view, whether you have IB or you have Thinkorswim or anything else. It's, uh, you need to do, at the very least, you need a, a, a good back-testing tool to come in and test your positions. ONE is hopefully going to have something out that is uh, good also in the next week or so, which, I, which I'm hopeful for. I know we got several students who are dealing with them and other traders like I talk with who are talking with ONE, and you know they don't have to be the exact same as Option View. The systems really aren't that critical, but they do need to be better than than what you have with. Uh, but you do, uh, they do need to be better than a standard EIOIO model uh, to cover or to do well in a wide variety of different market situations. So uh, I definitely recommend going to an Option View system before, you know, that doesn't, you know, and, and he asked specifically, it was for my systems, and, and the answer is, well, yes, for my systems, I do recommend that, but I realistically, I would recommend that either Option View or ONE, you know, with something with a sophisticated back tool, testing tool, for any type of trading that you're doing. You need to come in here, you're doing complex options, you need to back test your strategies, you need to retest the strategies you've just traded, you need to do that to develop yourself as a trader and become a better trader. So, um, so you know, regardless of what you're trading, whether you're getting into my systems or not, yes, you should do that. All right, so I think that is, uh, how do I spell o uh, one? O one is O-N-E, it's uh, Option Net Explorer. Uh, and and that's a right now ONE. You know I don't necessarily recommend it for these systems here because it's uh, it's they don't have the modeling down quite right yet. But hopefully they will. They're getting close, I think. Uh, and hopefully, and then I know he's he's made a commitment to doing that. So I'm thinking probably very soon ONE is going to be a viable alternative to Option View. So we'll see on that. Uh, all right, so I think that's everything I have. Again, if you're if you're exceeding your max, max loss limits on the open, you know, give it at least 15 minutes. I'd say uh, I'd like to see you give it till 10:30, but at least 15 minutes. And give it. Uh, I don't even know what the market's doing here. Yeah, so we're down 18 uh, thus far. What are the futures? 21. All right, so very very likely we are coming into. Right, we've exceeded this level here. It's very likely we're coming into this 1110 area, although this is a spot we could turn, but more likely we're coming to the 1110 area and we'll likely get some sort of a bounce off of that, um, at least intraday, right? So that's a good time to adjust these. Uh, if pricing is good, if you know pricing is good and you want to get out of your position and you're below your maximum loss, I think that's fine also. 
But um, the important part is you're not making your decision out of fear and you're not panicking into it. Because if you try and panic out of a position that's really complex, when the market's going nuts, you're going to get killed on execution on the way out. So the losses are going to actually look worse than, uh, really worse than what they should be. So you want to make sure that what you're doing is you say, hey, yeah, I want to exit the trade now. The market's not doing well. Let's, let, let's look for the best opportunity to do so. And when you see pricing come back, and as you see pricing come back, you, know, you start scaling out of your position and get out. If you panic out all at once, you're probably going to take a hit bigger than you would if you just stayed in the darn thing. So uh, that's typically the way that I'm going to handle that. Sorry, can I jump in just one quick oh, second? Yeah. Um, I just want to. I just wanted to ask everybody um, to please limit your webinar access to one login. We're approaching capacity, so others may not be able to log in if you have more than one computer logged on. So, if you could please limit it to one, that would be great, and then everybody can get on. Thanks. Excellent. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. If you have if you have an invitation, please limit that to yourself. Uh, if somebody else needs to get on. We want to make sure that, especially if we have something that's in the premium world, we want to make sure that everybody who pays gets on. And like I said, Sherry said, we are hitting our access numbers, our, our maximum capacity numbers, and we cannot have you know, people sharing stuff with people who are not in the community uh, to try to get on. We will kick you out. So that um, is monitored. We will kick you out. If you have two logons, Contact us to explain why if it's a spouse or something, but if there's two logons in your name, we're going to kick one out. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, all right. So that's what we have. Thank you, everybody, and we will. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week.